police officers Model rocket scientist, big small towns. 
Uh, and this is Down Ballot. This is our local news show. We do the show live uh, most Fridays now from uh, 8 to whenever, 8 to about 9, 9.15 Pacific. Then we do some post-game afterwards. Got some, uh, well, never mind. You'll you'll either hang around for the post-game tonight or you won't. Um, you can give us money, patreon.com slash echoplex. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed, make sure you follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Uh, I'm producer Dave. You can find me damn near anywhere. And this is the councilman. You can find me at T-H-E underscore councilman on Twitter, being spicy every now and then. Great to see you again, Producer Dave, as always. <coughs> yep, I've been making friends in the local community day on Twitter. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, we, should, we should get, <laughs> we should get uh, your new friend on the show for an interview or, oh, a little, uh, oh. or at least a little point counterpoint, maybe. Oh, my God. Pont, contrepoint. That guy, like, that guy, like, posted something about, like, like it was like a month ago right and he mm -hmm. was like oh oh how shitty it must be to live in these dwellings where you're on the other side of a wall from someone else and i just fucking have been letting him have it every time i see him since then i'm like fuck you <laughs> like, fuck off interesting yeah and, and very interesting i think he's lived mostly in those kind of setups anyway so I don't know. Maybe he was being sarcastic and wasn't really coming across. I don't know. Anyway, always fun. It's spicy. I enjoy. I enjoyed it. The good wife and I were having a good laugh. <laughs> I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. I hope he does. Oh. I, I hope he does run for something. I have. Some, I have screenshots. It's not just he that. He, he said a lot of a lot of negative things about uh, housing density that I've seen. So sadly, he did run for something last year and didn't really get very far. So we didn't have much time to or opportunity to really um, dig in. Um, we did do. We did feature a candidate form i think that he was a part of at some point so we've had we've had him on the show in some way <laughs> yeah i doubt he's gonna come on uh he's uh he seems a little bit self-important and those kinds of people tend not to to not to perform very well in this environment but, yeah yeah it's and, true. anyway how was your week man it was good it was hot as balls um just trying to stay uh trying to stay cool mostly um so staying inside and going out early and late to walk the dog and um, just keep them busy and just really trying to find a, find some of them good down ballot stories out there this week. It, it seemed on its surface to be a little bit dire. And I was thinking of pulling a public comment or pub or open forum week. Um, but we had a few stories pop up here, uh, some late arrivals and some early arrivals too, that we hadn't caught last week. So, um, there's quite a few interesting pieces on the docket. And of course, as you know, California is open for business. So I've obviously been out getting my booze on and you know going to live music shows and i'm kidding I'm, i haven't done any of that yet but um big shout out to sofa street fair which is coming back festival which is coming back this weekend actually yeah live. you're gonna go out there i was thinking about popping by uh it's a few hours five hours right I'm, i think i could squeeze by squeezing an, an hour or so of boogie and down downtown with some some fellow music denizens it's yeah. been too long i haven't seen live music in way too long yeah, I mean, I have the show Sunday, but I was thinking about going like right when it starts for like an hour or two, maybe having a beer, showing yeah. face. Absolutely. So um, I, I will let you know, obviously, if I go down there. But yeah, uh, we encourage all of our folks and our local love listeners as well to get down there and, and enjoy some good live tunes for the first time in a while. Um, and I'm also really excited to uh, note that Jazz Fest will be back this summer in some sort of limited fashion, but it'll be it's uh, tickets are on sale now. So things are happening. The scene is coming back, but I, just, I really do hope that um, this doesn't lead to any sort of other spikes or problems or any need to to backtrack. I hope that we can uh, we can safely manage manage to come back from this. Uh, um, <coughs> speaking of local love, 
<laughs> now that we do that show in studio, people have just been leaving their weed here like they used to always do. And so I don't know. I haven't had to buy weed in a couple weeks. Oh, nice. Is that what you're sampling now? Yeah. Fucking Juan Maserati, like, gifted me a handful of weed. Patty K left some weed here the week before. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, you left your weed here. He's like, I left your weed there. <laughs> and with Maz Maserati, it literally probably was a handful, right? He came in with a bunch of weed in his hand and just like left a bunch of it on your table. Yeah, yeah, the table in the uh, table in the living room. Right, <clears throat> table in the, the living room. The, co the coffee table, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Even uh, though I don't, I don't believe you drink coffee, or do you? I do sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, excellent. I am known. I am known to drink coffee. So, um, what, what do we have for leading off? Well, obviously, as we were just segueing into, um, California has reopened, um, and uh, everything's going to be fine. It does feel like a new world, at least to me, and I have to say that most people were masked. Now, I'm here at Bamboo Sushi, and I have to tell you, it felt a little bit strange walking into the restaurant and sitting down without wearing my mask, but I don't have to because I am fully vaccinated. And check this out, a real menu. I no longer have to order my food on the phone. It's just one of those simple luxuries God forbid. to take for granted. David Sylvia and Eric Christensen of San Jose say they plan to hit 15 stores today at Westfield Valley Fair, and the vaccinated men plan to do it maskless. Precisely 15. Feels normal to me. This is the way it's supposed to be. It feels great. Uh, it feels like, uh, with the science what it is, that it, I feel very safe, I feel very comfortable. If you look at the stats of what the cases are in Santa Clara County, it's ridiculous to have to be able to wear a mask at this point, so it's high time to be open. But both men were surprised to find most other shoppers chose to keep their masks on, including Tracy Jones of San Jose. I plan to still remain safe myself, so it can, I'm vaccinated, I'm going to wear my mask. At Bamboo Sushi today, there was no masking the general manager's excitement over nearly doubling no. the restaurant's seating capacity. I am ecstatic, actually. Uh, we've been waiting for this moment for a very long time, you know, going from a to-go only capacity to 50% and then finally being able to go to full capacity with no restrictions is huge for us. At Valley Fair, the food court is also open. Social distancing is not required and most employees are still wearing masks. But at Macy's, some shoppers were confused to find this sign at the entrance saying masks are still required for all customers. We reached out to Macy's who told us that despite the sign, starting today, facial coverings are recommended but not required for vaccinated customers at Macy's Valley Fair. Here at Bamboo Sushi, all of the employees are still required to wear a mask. But again, if you are vaccinated, you as a guest, you do not have to wear a mask here inside the restaurant. So a little freedom with your sushi. And if you don't mind, I'm going to get down to eating some wonderful food. Back to you. You deserve So that was like half commercial and half news story. I understand the people still wearing a mask. Like I, I've been to Safeway since the the mask ordinance or whatever has been lifted and I just popped on my mask out of habit now. Yeah. I, I think it's for me, at least that's the way it's been. It's been that way. It seems like for a lot of folks, actually, I, I didn't notice much difference um, when I've been out and about this week in terms of masking. Although today I did go to a, uh, an eatery that was fully was packed for the first time uh, in a while and sat, still had to sit outside, but, um, uh, just cause the inside was packed. Um, but the uh, service was definitely a lot slower. I think they were uh, certainly a little overwhelmed. Um, a lot of customers um, 
around the lunch hour uh, on a Friday. And uh, I, it seemed like they're understa- understaffed, um, but, o- but overmasked. And, and still, I think a lot of folks are just playing it safe. I, I, and I don't begrudge either one at this point. You know, like at this, they're, they're telling you, you don't have to wear a mask and you're vaccinated, then fine. You know, don't wear a mask if that's the scientific opinion. And then if, but if you want to, and if you want to keep masking up, I, by all means, I think there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. And I don't think anyone can begrudge either side. You just got to go with it and, and have your own opinions and your own values. And, um, you know, yeah, if, if they're, you know, if you feel like wearing mask it up, but I think most people have been masking up from, from what I've seen. I think most people are still playing it safe and being cautious, um, at least where we are. I think Not it's so like, much. I think it's like, I think people are probably more likely to throw on a mask at Safeway than like to go to the bar. And I think that's yeah. fine, actually. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, it's it's all good. It's just habit. People are going to break the habit. It'll be fine. I just wonder what all the anti-mask celebrities we've been covering for the last fucking year are going to do. Like, <laughs> are they going to move on to chemtrails? Are they going to do like 9-11 truth stuff? Flat Earth? Like, they gotta, they're going to have to go somewhere, right? Well, I mean, are, they already, are we already assuming that they're anti-vaxxers as well, if they're anti-maskers? Yes. Right, so there's not there's not really that lane's already taken up, right? So um, we'll we'll see. Maybe um, yeah, chem, chemtrails is looking like it needs a champion, um, right? Matt, like the, the one they the one they used to have isn't doing such a hot job. Yeah, Maddie's just sort of on the sidelines. It seems like now, so we we really need to to step it up on that game. So maybe maybe there's there's a vacuum of leadership on on the, the chemtrails front. Um, what was the other <laughs> du- what was the other dude's name? The guy that has the conference. I forgot his. Um, I Matt apologize. Landman. Matt Lamman, right? I haven't really heard much from him lately, although I haven't been on the Sunday show in quite a while, as you know, so I don't know that there hasn't been stuff, but... Uh, Doesn't mean you can't watch, sir. That's true. That's true. Um, and we encourage all of y'all to watch the Sunday show. Um, all listener. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen much from them. So there's a vacuum of leadership in the chemtrails community, and I think that someone... Um, from the the anti-mask movement can step into that void. So we'll see. Maybe and maybe it's after the recall. Maybe they'll focus on the recall for now, and they'll they'll maybe get behind a, a you know a draft Austin Bennett campaign. Oh, uh, with the mask mandate gone too, I think Gavin Newsom's it's he's just gonna skate like fucking sixty forty. Yeah, I mean, it's, and provided that this reopening doesn't backfire, right, and we don't have to put another wave of some variant disease or variant of the vi- virus that's killing thousands of people, right? Um, it, it, provided that doesn't come down, then I think we're he's going to be in good shape. So, unless, bar, barring hundreds of thousands of deaths and a, an economic another economic collapse, yes, I think that <laughs> I think that Gavin Newsom will survive the recall effort. Um, but it's going to it's not going to prevent the expense of millions and millions of dollars, both of taxpayer money as well as PAC money, um, as well as really valuable campaign money that could be spent next year on you know actual races that actually mean something and can actually change people's lives but no we're going to spend a bunch of money on uh, defending gavin newsom from this bullshit because he had dinner at a a fancy napa restaurant and was by the way was obeying by all accounts was obeying all of the rules right right so oh oh well oh well oh well politics so what do we got for winners and losers this week uh well quite a few losers um and um uh, the first loser although i mean maybe the maybe there is a winner here but um biggest loser right now is the city of san jose apparently uh is not a very friendly place for black people and i can't say that i uh disagree but uh, there's uh, further evidence in the first clip San Jose tonight, a prominent civil rights activist in Silicon Valley, has quietly left town. 
KPI X-Files Maria Medina found out he's leaving because, in his words, the city doesn't take care of people of color. We do not capture the essence of the black or the brown or the people of color culture here. So it's almost still saying that they don't want us here. After nearly 50 years in Silicon Valley. It was hard to leave. Pastor Jethro Moore II packed his belongings and his family, then quietly left for Atlanta. Um, housing is unaffordable. Uh, education system is okay. Uh, and jobs aren't uh, as plentiful as they once were. Which meant more, a pillar in the community for civil rights, education, and the church, left his post as president of the San Jose Silicon Valley NAACP. I must make sure that my kids are secure in education and opportunities. And for uh, me as a black man, I do not see those opportunities as being a focal point for the city of San Jose. The pastor says not only is he a victim of the Silicon Valley tech boom that's priced him out, he feels San Jose has failed its black and people of color communities. We had clubs, we had restaurants, we had softball teams, we had a lot of things and uh, all those things are gone. You can find us to arrest us, but you can't find us to employ us. Through the years, like now, a lot of them have moved out. The pastor isn't the only one who has seen the black population dwindle, now accounting for 3% of the population compared to nearly 5% 30 years ago. <laughs> Belinda Bush, who's owned B. Pizzazz Barbershop for just as long, says it's not just minorities, however. Everyone is being pushed out. They just can't afford to live here. That's what this is all about in this area here. It's all about the money. <laughs> It's all about the money. It's hard to say goodbye. A man of faith who seemingly has lost some of that in San Jose. We give our lifeblood for this city and this community, but where's the love in return? And the pastor says one example that San Jose is not taking care of its minority communities is the discussion to develop the land used by longtime flea vendors. In San Jose, Maria Medina, KPIX5. Well, Yo, yeah. I mean, San Jose has always been, um, at least as long as I've been been in the Bay Area, has always been like a lot of a lot of white people, uh, Asian people, South Asian people. It's just kind of always been the like what San Jose is, and the the surrounding areas too, like Sunnyvale, Campbell, Santa Clara. It's just yeah. always been the case. Yeah, the never really been. A, uh, I mean, what would you call it significant? I mean. It's but five percent is significant, but it's never been anywhere near like a plurality or a majority population, um, and certainly not uh, the level of uh, black population you see in like Oakland or in San Francisco or in other uh, cities. I mean, it's just well below the California. It's, it's well below like the uh, the like the aggregate for the country, you know. Yeah, well, there's reasons for that too. I mean, there, uh, there's absolutely systemic, um, both real estate related, zoning related, city ordinance related, right? Redlining related um, reasons for that, right? There's, uh, and uh, there's certain folks who just have never been quote unquote welcomed here, right? By the laws and by the, the regulations and by the, the greater populace. Um, so yeah, San Jose is a very white bread, suburban, uh, you know, bedroom community. Um, and uh, it has gotten much more diverse, frankly, in the past, in the past a couple decades and few decades. Um, but, primarily in like the Latinx community and the, the Asian community, right? Um, and all the uh, subsets of those communities. Um, so now we're about a 30, 30, 30 split in San Jose. We're 30% uh, uh, Caucasian European, 30% um, Asian American Pacific Islander, um, and then 30% uh, Latinx Hispanic. Um, so, and then about three or 4% black, yeah. And then a few percent Native American, everyone else. Um, 
So it's it's been that way for a while. Uh, and the shift the 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 young lady was right. The the shift is happening. I think across all demographics because uh, because it's really it's an economic issue more than anything else right now. Um, it just so happens that obviously BIPOC communities are hit the hardest by that because they tend to have less wealth and they tend to be in the lower economic uh, rungs. So um, the only thing economic the, struggle impacts them more. Sorry, our Go big ahead. our big employers here are tech employers, right? And yes. Um, the only thing wider than the tech industry is fucking Scientology. Like, I'm just telling you there, there, like there, there ain't no black people like there are, but like, it's even lower. Like, you know, we say, uh, we say 3% here, right? I would guarantee you the number of Facebook employees who are black is lower than the, like, than like the percentage of the community. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. 100%. And and it's even worse uh, in, if you look at the percentage wise in terms of Latino, the Latino community, right. Which is generally speaking, like it is a good 20, 30% of the population, no matter where you go in the Bay area now. And yeah, Latino, you know, tech employment is like, is abysmal. It's like under 5%. Um, And certainly not in like executive, you know, director positions and and management positions. Um, So, and then not to mention, you know, how many of those jobs are, those are just the engineer jobs. And then that's all the service jobs that are support, that support these big tech corporations, but they don't give a two fucks. Seems like about those folks for, they want to let them, you know, unionize. They won't give them any sort of rights. They just want them to cook their food and clean their campuses and then get out. And it doesn't really matter where they go home to. So, yeah, they, they fucking, these companies are just destroying this area. I'm sorry. And, and multiple, like, on multiple levels. Yeah. On multiple yeah. levels. Like they're, um, yeah, they're just destroying this area and they're like, you know, I mean, and they turn, well, and then, well, but Dave, they turn around and give, you know, thousands of dollars to, uh, you know, college and career training programs and, you know, empowering, uh, you know, equitable access to education in, for people. They're know, never going to hire when that person gets done with their education. Well, 100%, right. <laughs> or people who like, like they, it, here's 500 bucks. Like that really fucking changes anything, right. That, that changes the dynamic of, of wealth and, and, uh, disparity in our community. Right. It's, it helps. It's not, I'm not saying it's nothing. I'm not saying it's like, well, boohoo. Like, uh, I'm not looking at gift horse in the mouth, but at the end of the day, right. 500 bucks is nothing when, when you're talking about, you know, systemic, um, uh, disaggregation of wealth, uh, from, from one community and empowerment and, and taking that money to another community, uh, for doing pretty much nothing, just sitting around and watching real estate accrue. Well, you know, it's like, um, you know, the, one of the big things in what they're calling the discourse. And when you hear somebody call something, the discourse, you know, that it sucks. I tweeted that right before the show today, but, uh, <laughs> but one of the big things in the discourse right now is this like freak out about critical race theory. But like yes. what's happening in Silicon Valley is a reason why we should be examining our society as it, as it pertains to race and power with a critical, with like a critical lens. Absolutely. Like, because like Facebook is like, they have a lot of power, not here in San Jose specifically, but it's not like they don't, they can't exert power on San Jose just because they're not in the city here. A lot of their employees live here. Like they, and that place is fucking white as shit. And oh, it's they like, absolutely exert power on San Jose too. Right. Sorry. Yeah. And they exert power in Washington and Sacramento. Right. Um, I mean, Facebook, you know, that they're it's no big secret. One of the big developments downtown in San Jose is slated for Facebook. Right. One of these big commercial developments uh, for a big fat new campus for them. Um, Google as well. Right. Same same kind of situation. Um, as much as large as they're bringing. Right. As much money as they're kicking into the community, as much as they're doing that, they don't necessarily, quote unquote, have to do. Um, it's still they're still the cause of a, of a seismic shift 
in our society um, and our culture and our community. And the effects haven't fully been felt yet. We don't even know what they are yet, um, but it's shifting constantly and it's really changing. It really is changing the face of our community. And if we're not careful, you know, uh, it's just going to be all homogenized. And we're not, even the folks like me who are like committed to trying to make this place work are not going to want to live here anymore because it's just not going to reflect us anymore. It's not going to reflect our values and it's not going to change. And if it's not going to change, why would we keep plugging, you know, beating our heads against the wall? Why, why not go somewhere where maybe it is a little more in line with where we're at? But where is that? Really? Well, if, I mean, if rent keeps going down in San Francisco, the way it has been, I'm packing all this shit up and moving to the city. Yeah. Like, nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think everyone's going to just have to be open to the, the prospect at some point. Um, but I'm seeing more and more like I, people and people are getting out while they can, while the market's hot, hot while they can make a, big fat dollar on their their place here and move somewhere else where it's maybe a little more mellow and they can you know put money away like i saw i, I drove to lunch today like i said it was uh i drove a, i would normally would have walked because it's about a 15 minute walk um but it was freaking 99 degrees so sorry not sorry but i drove my prius and in that short drive back there and back i think i saw six for sale signs um in my neighborhood so uh, people are getting their money and getting out while you, they can. Good for them. You know who's buying these houses though is fucking <clears throat> like real estate developers and shit. They're not. So what? Like like HK yes, was saying he, when he lived in Sunnyvale, he like knew all his neighbors and he didn't know any of them that were homeowners, even though they were in these you know houses yeah. that were worth over a million dollars. You know, four and five bedrooms, places where you know ten twenty years ago it would be all like homeowners, and yeah. so. Like people are looking at these houses as like a um as like an investment opportunity here, and I think like yes, that's that's heat that's over that's overcooking this market, and I can't wait until so, some of these fucking assholes are left holding the bag like after the fucking, yeah. after the fucking lid blows or whatever. It's gonna blow at some point, right? Like, uh, and the thing is, in the long run, in the in the, the longer term, you know, in theory, like you know, your your house is gonna, especially if you're in this area, your your um property values aren't going to go down in the long term, right? There's fluctuations. There's always fluctuations, but right now we're even higher than it was before the the last bubble burst. Right. So if you can survive the bubble, right. And you don't get yourself too leveraged and you, you don't get fucked by the bubble. Right. And you just hold on. Like for example, us, we're not going to, you know, we're in a mortgage situation. We're going to hopefully we're not going to lose our, you know, jobs and not be able to pay the mortgage, but we're, you know, we're going to be covered no matter what happens. The value of the home might go down or up, but over time it's going to stay up and we're going to make more out of this house than, than we paid for it. Also, you um, just, also you plan on living there. So like yeah. if it loses 20% of its value it's tomorrow, value. sure you can't leverage the value of the house tomorrow, but you're like, right. Oh, wait a minute. I still I live, live here. here. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, and it's a mix too. Like the folks, you know, we have a home on uh, one side of us that sold not too long ago and was to a, friendly couple that are both in the tech industry right and making probably good money doing it um and that's most of what you see and what i see is just young tech oriented couples but um or uh, or uh singles buying buying up these homes or what you're talking about investments right no and i think that in sunnyvale companies, the, the, the proximity to all these high-paying jobs in like sunnyvale and mountain view means that it's going to be more prominent over there yeah. than it's going to be over kind of here like san yeah. jose in the west valley because like there's, you know, I mean, I'm, I have proximity to Netflix and Barracuda, right. And like that yeah. eBay campus over there, but it's different. Yeah. They're not these huge employers. Yeah. And so I think proximity to like Facebook and Google and Apple is what's driving all these investors to buy the houses over. Um, sure. What is that like well, north of, north, north, 
north it's, of here, northwest of here. I don't know. Yeah, it's been northwest. It's been, it's been happening in North County for sure. It's happening now, though, in in downtown San Jose um, and the surrounding neighborhoods, including mine, that are within the the, the footprint, or not footprint, but within the sphere of influence of the Googleplex that's coming to downtown San Jose. So it's happening right, like literally right now. Um, and things are on the rise. So it's, um, I don't, I'm not surprised to see people selling out now. Um, especially if they have some other option or another place to, to be, or maybe they just treat, treat it like this, this, you know, was their investment and they're just selling on, I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's, you're, you're, you're dead bright. It's, it's certainly not helping, you know, uh, mom and pop small business owners afford to live, you know, be able to live here or t- mom my mother the teacher right or my father the accountant or you know you name it someone in the, the quote-unquote middle class what used to be the middle class even they can't afford to right and this here. the 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 people leaving and stuff could actually be a good thing because like um it's not shaking out this way because it never shakes out things never shake out the right way but the, the way that this could have shaken out better is maybe some of these people also just don't like living in all the density and they were just here for work now they realize they can work from home so long as they have like a reasonable internet connection they're like mm-hmm. i'm gonna go out you know maybe they're not even gonna leave the state they're like oh i'm just gonna go a little further out i'm gonna go out to gilroy i'm gonna go out yeah. to you know I'm, i might go live in monterey i might you know that's what's happening that's exactly what's happening or it's sonoma or someplace just just outside the bay area counties even right um just getting just outside so they can still see friends and family on weekends and trips right but just they're, they're you know say they put money aside they buy a new place it's much cheaper they put a bunch of money aside they can live on for the rest of their lives and boom you know it's 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 enviable frankly man if i had nothing else to do <laughs> why not um I'd be anyway, going to visit you in Monterey all the time or something. You seem like a Monterey right. kind of guy to me. Yeah, oh, yeah, very much so. I'm Monterey Big Sur to the core. I'm definitely from that beat poet kind of Lawrence Ferlinghetti, Jack Kerouac mentality. Um, if I can ever retire, it's going to be fucking Pacific Grove right next to Monterey. Yeah, oh, though, God, like yeah. Pacific, the most beautiful gorgeous? fucking place in the world, Isn't man. it great? We used to, we used to vacate down there. We'd, my family, we'd rent a cabin or some shit. I remember this back in the day. And I, every, every time I go back down there, I just love it. It's just so cozy and nice and the weather's beautiful. And it's still California and people are fairly chill and there's, you know, saltwater taffy and there's a great uh, Dutch donut shop that makes these cinnamon rolls that are like the size of a pizza. Um, anyway, Long story short, San Jose did lose about 13,000 residents last year, according to um, early returns. So um, first time we've lost get out population that like that in a while. Um, and interesting thing is that we're projected to gain population in all of like the general plans and everything and all of our, you know, our, our, our look forward, you know, blueprints, right? We're expect we were projecting big, big, big gains in population. Well, now it's kind of leveled off and it's even dipping a bit. So now we have to rethink maybe, you know, our goals and our numbers there. And there's going to be a big push, I'll bet you to try to, you know, reduce the, like the goals for housing and really up our commercial goals, something like that, where it's, they're going to push back and say, well, there's look, there's not as many people, so we don't need to build the housing, <laughs> which makes no fucking sense. Cause that's exactly what's driving them leaving in the first place. Anyway. So tell us a little bit <clears throat> or no, I'm just going to run our next story. I don't need to tell anybody anything. Yeah. About this will it. Probably, there's some, they'll get the backstory. I think. But this is just a really sad state of affairs with a down ballot twist. Exactly 24 hours ago, we were just telling you about the outdoor dining crash in San Jose. Tonight, a clearer picture is emerging. We've obtained new video that shows the moments immediately after that crash. We must warn you, you may find some of the video disturbing. NBC Bay Area's Marianne Favreau continues our coverage. 
A deadly scene Friday night at the Agave Bar and Grill in San Jose. In this new video, you can hear people screaming seconds after a pickup truck backs into a crowd of people in an outdoor patio. One woman appears to be pinned against the wall. She later died. Her friend tells us she was a mother in her early 30s. She was from Colombia and has a young daughter. Two men at the table were also injured, but they're expected to be okay. Susan Lissazaro was in the patio and credits her friend for saving her life and pulling her away from the truck just in time. She says, I felt one of my friends grab my arm and pulled my other friend to the side. She also says it was a terrifying scene and she recalls seeing one of the injured men saying, I saw him moving his hands, asking for help, and we felt so bad not being able to help him. San Jose police arrested the driver of the truck, 32-year-old Alex Moreno. He's now facing gross vehicular manslaughter and felony DUI charges. Witnesses say Moreno and a woman left the restaurant, got into the truck, and were sitting in the cab for about 20 minutes before the truck went into reverse and into the patio. The woman in the truck was not hurt. Witnesses tell us the driver tried to flee and was stopped by a security guard and customers. Today, employees made repairs to the patio fencing before the bar and grill reopened. And tonight, people are dining and having drinks in the same patio. In San Jose, Marianne Favreau, NBC Bay Area News. We're also learning more details tonight about the sports bar where that crash happened. A shooting happened at the Agave Sports Bar and Grill on February 20th. This is video from the scene that night. Two people shot. Neither seriously hurt. So the news buried the lead. The guy was getting head while this happened. Exactly. And they didn't even really explicitly get, get to it, right? except in the headline on the story. So they were a little probably squishy about talking about it. But yeah, that's exactly what was happening. Either a head or a hand job or something was going on. And uh, something, something slipped. Don't drive drunk. <clears throat> And do get head in your car um, if you can do so without, you know, well, you don't need you don't need children seeing it and shit, right? Yeah, but if you are, if you are doing that, don't do it with your car on, right? Like it's wasteful, and yeah, like like burning you could, gas, you could just leave your car off, and then you yeah. don't back into anybody. Like, come on, man! Like, if sure, you're gonna, put, put put the keys in the ignition, turn on some tunes, right? Like, put it in like on position, but don't turn the car on. No need to have the engine running. No need to be in gear, right? Um, and well, obviously, I'm assuming, assuming he wasn't in gear and maybe there was some movement that pushed the gear shift. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but it's tra It's just awful that someone died as a result of this and people were injured. It's interesting that uh, that spot, I didn't realize they were doing like outdoor patio dining, but I guess it makes sense. So that's, that's all fairly new. So it's not really isn't it's kind of a flimsy you know guardrail thing kind of a thing they put together looks like so um and interesting enough like that spot has been a high traffic area for um incidents for a long time um but also just traffic incidents on the street because uh, there's a little bridge over the creek there it's in my old neighborhood so um yeah it, it, a lot of kind of traffic incidents there but never something like this like in their parking lot so we feel for the feel for the victims um but yeah that's a PSA from producer Dave. You're going to get head in your car. Make sure the engine's off. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to do it any other way. Yeah. I mean, I can cop to, I mean, the good wife is she? Are you watching, honey? Yeah, no, I, I can cop to having that happen like in a moving vehicle once. Yeah, but, me too. 
me too. Yeah, but then it, you, it hap- that happens. You know, it, you probably shouldn't do that. But if you do that, you like are aware that the car is fucking moving. Correct, and you're being very careful to you know pay attention to the fact that the car is moving while you're getting you know pleasured. Um, so, provided that you they can you know the other person can take care of everything else you know, and you can focus on the driving. Yeah, but yeah, definitely not in a parking lot with a lot of people around eating and you know just be careful for God's sake. So I'm so uh, based on our next story and some of the other stuff we've been talking about on Down Ballot, if I was going to go anywhere else in the Bay Area or in the South Bay, I might go to Milpitas because Milpitas is lit. It's the it's the place to be really. Milpitas is where it's at. So uh, this story, uh, like high end apartments, were used for uh, as brothels, uh, legalized sex work. The Sounds DA like tells it. me this is part three of a two-year investigation where women are brought in from overseas and forced into sex labor. Oh, that's and they good. say they had no idea what was happening in their apartment complexes. Prosecutors say the latest suspects, David Davies and Larong Hugh, used websites like the now shuttered Backpage.com and their own site called City Vibe to lure men. They say the women were trafficked in from overseas and had their passports taken away. They've also been told that they will not be paid if they try to leave early. These women are forced to have sex between 10 and 15 men a day. They come in in half an mm. hour intervals. They're called residential brothels. Prosecutors say the suspects used several units in this high-end complex in Milpitas. One tenant says rent can run from four hey. to $5,000 per month. Next door are high-tech giants KLA Tencor and Cisco Systems. It's terrible to us around here. It's good to know, though, and I'm glad the police are going to do something about it. I mean, we got to be safe around here nowadays. The prosecutor says this is part of a wide national network of residential brothels, and these are the 19th and 20th arrests in the Silicon Valley investigation, an investigation that has identified 15 such local brothels so far. Davies and Hugh are named as leaders in that operation that rotated more than 100 sex workers through cities across the nation every week. We believe this has been happening to dozens and dozens of women over the last six years. The South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking says it's sometimes hard to detect residential brothels in high-density apartments. You can have a number of people coming in and out and neighbors won't really notice. Um, So that is something that we're seeing as an increasing trend around the Bay Area and around the state generally. The prosecutor says he will keep working to shut down more brothels and perhaps save more victims at the hall of justice damian trujillo nbc bay area news i found it interesting they kept using backpage backpage has been off the internet for quite some time so this has been going on for um a while a while like a while um if if one were to do something like this it would certainly be better to be doing this in like a like a dense place than um like a single family home absolutely Oh sure, it just got, it raises a lot of less red flags, a lot less, lot less obvious, right? A little more discreet. Um, yeah, the hustle and bustle of a busy apartment complex, you just don't notice. Yeah, absolutely, and mo- and especially if it was a quote unquote high end apartment complex. Although this place looks like, I mean, I I'm not saying anything, but you know, not low end by any means, but I wouldn't call it like you know penthouse worthy but anyway um it, even in a high-end place you're also not looking around at your neighbors right you're probably not paying too much attention or mind everyone's minding their own business right and if somebody so, does come bother you you just bust out you know how much i pay for rent here leave me alone right you know so, like uh, right <laughs> uh so yeah please be on the lookout though um for anything that uh, looks a little fishy 
in your apartment complex, especially if you live in a high-end apartment complex in Milpitas. But yeah, Milpitas <laughs> is where it's at, man. There's there's uh, garbage and uh, brothels. Uh, you know, the mayor fights at, fights at City Hall. The mayor, like you know, uh, <laughs> the mayor calling like Robert's Rules of Order on people, and uh, it's it's pretty insane. And uh, you know, and the councilwoman who just is constantly on the warpath against him. I love it. I'm just thinking. Also, I'm glad this story came out like after QAnon largely died because the, there's mm. these organizations that uh, look into legitimate human trafficking were quite pissed off at the QAnon people about this time oh, sure. last year because they were, you know, they're getting all these fucking phone calls and they're, they're right. like from lunatics. And then like, then if you're in that position, you're like, oh, well, you know, okay, so I could try to, I could try to look into this, but this person seems unhinged and they seem to believe in a conspiracy theory. But then the next person calls in with a legitimate problem and they sound like distressed, but they're distressed because they think they know about some fucking human trafficking going on in their neighborhood. Right. And that's distressing. Right. So I'm just real glad that like the news about this particularly came out like after uh, the QAnon thing. Mind you, I don't think the QAnon thing was real big in Milpitas. Mm, probably not. Um, there were no rallies as far as I know. Uh, although the Tea Party was pretty big in Milpitas from what I remember, but... Yeah, QAnon, not so much. I think that was probably a bridge too far with the Hillary Clinton uh, slurping baby brains. Right, right. The, the, there was no real place for uh, misspelled signs about the about the Democrats <laughs> in, in that movement. Those people Correct. say what you want about the Q people, they could spell. Correct. And they have bigger concerns in Milpitas. Like I said, the smell and that, that garbage is just, you know, they've got to figure that out. Um, although... I, I, I just continuously find it hard to believe how people don't realize that they're moving into a home downwind of a dump, but that's just me. That'd be one of the first things I'd be looking around for. Like, hmm, any dumps, any air, you know, any airports, any trains, any sort of, you know, um, I don't know, long, long-term construction projects, right? <laughs> What's going on in the neighborhood where I'm going to spend thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars of rent or hundreds of thousands of dollars buying a home. So I thought that maybe, you know, I, that would have been Milpitas get your shit together. But this week we have a San Francisco has gotten their shit together story. At least in one way. Yeah, um, at least at least in this way. It looks like 80% of San Francisco residents have uh, received both doses of the vaccine or the single J&J shot. And here's a local news hit on that. It is a milestone in San Francisco in the fight against COVID. The city now says at least 80% of all eligible residents have had at least one dose of the COVID oh, vaccine. I was incorrect. And that nearly 70% are fully vaccinated. In fact, things Still. are going so well that the city is closing a mass coronavirus testing site. NBC Bears Ginger Konohero Saab is live in San Francisco where the city looks ready for the major changes coming next week. And they are excited about June 15th. That's right, Jessica. You know, good news here because every, nearly every COVID number is dropping here in the city. We're talking case rate, positivity rate, hospitalization rate, and there's only one number that's going up, which is vaccination rate. Interest rates. And that's why the city says it feels comfortable closing down the city's largest COVID testing site, Pier 30 to 32 on the Embarcadero next oh, so the Tuesday. There. But today is really a celebratory event in that, you know, we are seeing our case rates decrease to such a low amount, as well as our vaccination rates really high. Embarcadero's high volume testing site first opened for essential workers at the start of the pandemic. But now, city health officials say it's served its purpose and they will shift their focus to smaller, more targeted tests and vaccination sites in the city's most at-risk neighborhoods, like the Mission, the Excelsior, Bayview-Hunters Point, and the Tenderloin. 
We are actually expanding hours, um, for example, in Alameda um, and in continuing our neighborhood sites. Um, there are no plans at this point in time around um, decreasing those. Another sign of a waning pandemic, the Moscone Center, which became headquarters for the city's COVID response, is also scheduled to close its doors by the end of the month. The city's COVID command team has already began demobilizing. All good news as a state prepares to end masking and social distancing for the vaccinated starting next Tuesday. But with all the encouraging news, the city's health department is still not letting their guard down, focusing on COVID variants responsible for surges in other parts of the world. We do know that the Delta variant appears to be more infectious. Um, so, you know, we are keeping close tabs on that. Now, Jessica, one more big sign that we are emerging from this pandemic. Not so long ago, San Francisco making the announcement that fireworks will be back for this 4th of July. Yay. Seems like there's more reasons to celebrate. We're live in San Francisco. Ginger Conajero Saab, NBC Bay Area News. Yeah, that is a big announcement. Thank you, Ginger. So what will it... Big Yo, the San, Fran the San Francisco fireworks display is a fucking police state. Don't go to that. Yes. Blow <clears throat> shit up. But don't go there, please. I watched them like these two fucking people who were clearly from France were at the 4th of July fireworks thing. They popped a bottle of champagne and they got arrested 30 seconds later. Uh, yeah. They were like from France. They're like, what do you mean I can't drink champagne on the street? You know, it's like, yo. Yeah, I try to deliberately avoid you know, celebrations that are just obvious, you know, uh, focal point, going to be obvious focal points for law enforcement. Like, I don't go out on St. Patty's Day. I definitely don't go cruising. Oh, amateur on, hour, anyway. On Cinco de Mayo, right? I, I don't, um, I don't go, we don't go out on 4th of July, right? We, you know, we go out on the alt, the alt nights um, and have our, we, we have our parties and our, we get lit when there's not going to be a gang of cops around, except of course, when there's protests happening, in which case I just wander into those and get myself shot. Well, the other thing about these drinking holidays is these people that that's a lot of people that don't go out regularly. Right. So you end up right. with, you end up with people who like, just, Yahoos. well, they just like, there's like unwritten rules of nightlife. Like, like, even though we're coming out of the pandemic, like d when I was out during nightlife, like just out at night, if there was room to like, give somebody some distance as you walk by them, you always like little, take a little step to the left. Don't mm -hmm. bump into their shoulder because like, why would you do that? And then people who don't go out all the time, they get fucking drunk. And they like don't like realize the space they're taking up, and then they bump into somebody, and that other person's right. drunk and doesn't go out all the time, and know that maybe you just need to shake this off because it wasn't a slight on you. And right. then all of a sudden now you have a conflict because it's fucking St. Patrick's Day, and fucking everybody thinks they're Irish, so they're going out. And that's how it happens, right? Shit, I was just I was decked for no reason whatsoever one night on. Uh, I don't think it, was it wasn't St. Patty's. It was Fourth of July, I think, um, in Santa Cruz, just walking down the street. No reason, nothing. Didn't say a word to the, the dude. Just got decked because <laughs> that guy felt like decking somebody, um, and it was me. So, and I presented myself. So, don't present yourself. Hang out at the house, pop a bottle, get some palm water going. Call producer Dave. Tune into tune into the Plex. There's there's always something going on in the Plex. Uh, not so much anymore. We're going to trim back the schedule. I don't know though. It's a it's 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 a bit of a bit of a question now because of uh, because of the uh, the generosity of the community because of the generosity of the community and my ability to spend more time on this and less time on my regular work because of the generosity of the community. But if we're not putting out as much content, then there's less less incentive for the community to be generous. It, it starts to get messy. I'll have to think about that stuff. Right. There's there's a there's a rhyme and a reason and a, t a season for everything. Turn turn turn. Um. Well, well, best of luck to you on, on those decisions. I know that's 
it's, it's we're talking we're talking live now folks mash that donate button mash that subscribe button do it do it so we're gonna move down to down ballot watch it looks like we don't have anything on the recall and i think the recall is actually going to be a dud but we do have Sam Licardo being interviewed, a long-form interview, I'd say, for local news, and it's going to be about gun control. This interview is nine minutes. I think we'll probably catch about two or three minutes at the beginning to get the gist of what's going on in the media. That works along. for me, yeah. That works for me. He's working on. Mayor, good to see you. And again, our condolences over what happened in the city. Thank you, Kristen. Good to be with you. Well, I know that you've gotten to work along with some city council members and after the mass shooting, um, I just want to give people some perspective. You know, that got all our attention, but there were more lives lost to gun violence in your city since then in the past two weeks, correct? Yes, in just the 14 days since, uh, we've had eight separate uh, violent incidents involving guns and we've lost lives and families have been devastated. Okay, so with that, you've unveiled a plan, along with the vice mayor, three council members, and the support of Santa Clara County DA, Jeff Rosen. Uh, it is something really unique. No other city or state in the U.S. has ever tried it. So talk to us about this plan. Well, there are a lot of different aspects of the whole proposal, but there are two in particular that haven't been tried in any city or state yet in the country. The first is mandating insurance. Uh, that is on all gun owners, just as all of us as drivers of automobiles are required to have insurance uh, that helps make us safer. It helps compensate victims. Uh, yeah, have fun in the federal courts, Sam. Yeah, I, it's going to be a real, real fun time. Oh, this is all this is there's going to this is not. Uh, we'll let this keep rolling, but none of Producer this is gonna, it, it makes good news, though. Yeah, none of this is going to like even if these are good policies. I don't know. I'm not a gun policy expert, right. but like none of this is this is all just going to get overturned. Uh, who are injured, uh, and it also incentivizes us to be safer drivers and to take care. So insurance could incentivize uh, gun owners, for example, to get gun safes and, and trigger locks and other kinds of devices and, and take gun safety classes. And that's really important in a nation where we have 4.6 million children who live in homes where guns are loaded but kept unlocked. So the insurance is the first requirement. The second is around fees. Right now, taxpayers are paying for gun violence in addition to all the harm, of course, that victims and victim families bear. For example, in California, taxpayers are paying a cost of $1.4 billion for police and emergency medical response, emergency rooms, all that being borne by taxpayers. The Second Amendment may protect the right, the gun owner to own a gun. It doesn't require taxpayers to subsidize it. And so what this is about is ensuring that we have a safer, community we incentivize safety and we take the burdens off of taxpayers and victims okay so let's look at the insurance part a little more closely uh if your gun was used to take someone's life for example does okay that's going to be long and it's going to take them a while to get to the other point so i'm going to go over the other one that i noticed that i think is going to like really piss people off and get on sean hannity and tucker carlson and that's going to be security cameras and, and videotaping every sale Correct, and, and that was just, and that was actually just approved on Tuesday at the council meeting. So they they are going forward with that and looking at that policy, right? Um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and it's and it's causing just exactly exactly the response that you're uh, you were predicting. And yeah, it's they're oh man, CBS Bay Area used to be like our favorite. Now, oh, it it worked good, but right. the the it's just all going to get destroyed in the courts. And I, I, like I said, I don't know if these are good policies or not. I'm not a, a public health expert. I'm not a city official. I'm not an expert on guns. Don't particularly like guns myself, but that doesn't mean it's my business, whether or not other people have them. And 
I think this is going to end up making San Jose look bad. It's entirely possible. I don't know that it's, it's going to be much more of a, than a blip on the, the greater, you know, time and arc of this story and this, this, this policy and this issue. Right. I, I really don't think it's going to amount to much other than getting, you know, Mayor Licardo and his team, some press points, right. And getting, getting his profile up a little more like he's been trying to do. That's really a lot of what this is designed for. Right. If you really gave a shit about this kind of policy, like it wouldn't take a tragedy like we've had locally or you know the national spotlight on you to want to try and push it right it's only you, you can push it now because there's public will behind it right and there's there's uh, the the sympathetic ear is out there right and you can kind of shame your fellow council members and your fellow elected officials and legislators into doing things like this um in the wake of something like this but if you really cared you'd be fighting for this constantly right and he he tried, he thought about this. He'd proposed things like this a few years back after the Gilroy shooting. And then it, the public will died and so did his policy push. Right. And it'll be the same with this. They, they'll get a few of these things passed. Like you said, it'll be held up in courts cause they'll get sued and the city and the, the, you know, the plaintiffs will spend a bunch of money and tie things up in court. We'll never actually have the policy on the books. We'll never have anything we can actually enforce. And they're all sensible. Like when you say, I mean, neither am I, I'm not a, I'm not a gun policy expert, you know, neither are you, but if you look at these things, they're all things that are sensible, right? It make you know, common sense. Okay. Yeah. This makes sense in a, in a sane world, whether isn't a constitution necessarily, or that, uh, or there isn't a bunch of case law out there and there isn't a huge gun lobby, then yes, a lot of these things make sense. And, and, and if we were setting things up from the beginning, you'd probably have these kind of laws, but we're not. And, yeah, we're kind of stuck with with whittling around the edges and working with what we've got, just like with healthcare and anything else, right? We didn't build it right the first time, so now we have to go back and fix it. And it's just going to take much longer because there's plenty of people who have vested interests, money or power or otherwise, in not changing it, right? So so this is performative, you're right. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, uh, it looks good. It makes us feel better. But at the end of the day, it's not going to help anything. And if it, even if it did, it's just San Jose. It's like, what? What's that really going to solve when we have a national issue we're dealing with, a, 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 you know, a systemic issue? Well, fingers crossed, I'm if sure. things are going the way they seem to be with COVID, there are going to be a, there's a certain 24-hour news channel that's going to need some culture war red meat shit for their audience. And I feel like this is going to end up on the, oh. the radar there yeah. nationally. for the, and, and then it's, I just think it's going to end up being like, like egg in this guy's face, not for like politics here in California. That guy totally wants to run for governor. He may win, but I'm just, it's just, it's, it's just going to be fodder for, uh, for people who I generally don't agree with. And I, I think that's always bad to like, <clears throat> to do that. Uh, I don't know, maybe this will fly under the radar because, uh, we're not quite done with COVID and Tucker Carlson's still fucking freaking out about ivermectin or whatever the fuck he's talking about or masks right. or, or, well, if, if lab they, leak if they, or, if Tucker or, or you know, Carlson, Tucker Tarlson or um, Hannity pick it up, it's not going to prevent it from being, you know, uh, supported past whatever made law in San Jose, right? It's Because at the end of the day, we're not, you know, we have Fox News viewers, obviously, but we're not that kind of country. We're not, that, that's not um, enough, going to be enough to sway us. I do agree with you. You shouldn't give them any fodder anyway. They can help to just build their narrative with everyone else around the country. Right. And it certainly turns people more and more against California and makes us more to be like this, um, crazed liberal, um, you know, enclave or something, right. Elitist enclave that's coming to get your guns and, uh, you know, wants you all to be Harvard educated and yada, yada. Right. You, you, you 
fill in the blank here or there. Um, so I, I, I think you're right. It gives them more fodder. I don't know that it changes hearts and minds. That changes hearts and minds here, but it does elsewhere. And I don't know if it makes us look any worse or, be or uh, better than we already do. I mean, I think our reputation is pretty well solidified in the, in the national consciousness, no matter who you are. Um, so, it, but it's it, it, the, the sad thing is the loser part of it is that it's just nothing's going to happen. It's, it's just going to allow maniacs running for office like in North County or the Valley or whatever to fucking have a talking point. Sure. Absolutely. I don't, but again, I don't think they'll, they'll win though either at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, I don't think it goes anywhere. I, don't think it, I don't think it changes anything though. I don't think it changes anything. They don't though. They, they really don't like what even, um, in, in a lot of ways, there's just not enough critical mass for the, the, in, at least in the, maybe, maybe in a school board race, like in like a single school district race where there's like six, 600 voters, but in the greater scheme of things, you know, if you're getting, if you pull 25% of the vote as a, you know, I don't want to say Republican right wing, whatever, like the, the you know, the other, the non-progressive, whatever you want to call it, the conspiracy nuts. Um, there we go. You're, you're, you're doing well, right? So it's very difficult for them to win races here, but they do get a talking point. They do get to make some hay. It causes you to spend money and, and resources and time that you shouldn't have to spend. So that's, that's the unfortunate side of it. Um, but they, they want the news. They want the bad press. I, I would I would venture to guess that Sam McCardo's team knows all of this and is trying to get the bad, you know, trying to get the press hits. They don't really care if it's bad or if it's good or if they're being interviewed by, you know, ABC7 or Sean Hannity, right? Um, and getting laughed at by Hannity's viewers. They, they, they To them, it's, even, it's all equal to them because then they'll look good, right? If they're getting harassed by Hannity, harassed by Tucker Carlson, they can raise money off of it. And people who still have people who still have a blue wave in their Twitter uh, display name will be like, yes, queen. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh yeah, I love it. Sam Licardo. Get go. You know, I'm gonna give you 25 bucks. Cause you got attacked by Sean Hannity. So, so there's, there's benefit to for it there, there too, for them. I'm, I'm sure of it. So they, they don't go to the bathroom without taking a calculated, making a calculated decision, a calculated dump. Yes, exactly. So anyway, you, you called Lehigh Quarry our next story, the gift that keeps on giving to down ballot. I, it slipped my mind. What was, what was the, when the last time we talked about Lehigh Quarry? Do you remember what it was? I'm trying to recall the last time. It probably had to do with um, trucks transporting like waste, solid waste through you know suburban neighborhoods in Cupertino and people not being very excited about it. That's oh, generally the problem. Yeah, yes. that's generally the problem. Um, now, of course, they and they're always talking about expanding the quarry. This is a quarry in the West Valley of uh, Santa Clara County, um, up in the hillsides, just above Cupertino. And back in the day, when it was first started, it was it, it was in the hillsides, in the rural portion of the county, right where nothing much was going on. Um, but of course, the growth of the the valley has has ex uh, has exploded in the past few decades, and so now that there there are housing developments that are abutting up against this quarry. And of course, the quarry owner operators want to consistent, consistently want to expand the quarry to up their business because they're, you know, they have diminishing returns, right? There's less, there's less quarry to quarry. I forget what they quarry there, but what they quarry there. <laughs> um, but there's less quarry to quarry uh, or quarry to quarry. So uh, they want to expand. And this is part of the battle, ongoing battle over the expansion and then the neighborhoods pushback. Welcome back. There is a new battle brewing over a radical plan to chop the top off a of South Bay Ridgeline. API X5's Kit Doe is live near the Lehigh Quarry in the Cupertino foothills. Kit? 
Yes, sir. We are here uh, live just outside the Rancho San Antonio Park. This is one of the crown jewels in the South Bay. A million people came to visit this park. And when they come here, this is what they see at the entrance, a beautiful ridgeline. And that is what the Lehigh Cement Company wants to chop that top. There is a clear and present danger uh, that we're going to lose those hillsides. The view from Sky Drone 5 gives you some sense of the scope and scale of what Lehigh is proposing. The ridge line they want to remove is here. Everything above the red line. That's about 100 <laughs> vertical feet of hilltop and about 4,000 feet wide, about the length of the orange-colored line. That's a total of 20 acres of land. When I say 20 acres cubic yards of earth, roughly equivalent to 1,875,000 typical cement trucks. Okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a daunting number. We did some math, and if you put those 1.8 million trucks end to end, it would stretch 12,000 miles, or all the way to Madagascar. <laughs> puzzling to Santa Clara <laughs> County Supervisor Joe Simidian, there's a legally binding agreement known as an easement dating back to 1972 that protects the hillside. Lehigh has sued Santa Clara County to essentially try and throw that agreement out. It's a clear statement of... Uh, the desire and intent of uh, the folks at Lehigh uh, to degrade the hillsides in a way that is wholly inconsistent with the legal commitments that are already in place. This is an issue of utmost importance. To and so Simidian has amassed a small army of supporters, including mayors of neighboring cities, labor unions, environmental activist groups, and most importantly, the Mid-Peninsula Regional Open Space District. I have in my hand. Next week, the county will vote on a deal to grant Mid-Pen enforcement powers over the ridgeline, which essentially doubles up the protection. And one of the ways we can make sure we don't lose those hillsides is by having uh, reinforcements at the ready. Uh, and that is the good folks at Midpen. You can be sure that we're going to be paying a lot of attention. Lehigh did not Here respond we go. to a request for comment, and Supervisor Simidian says their behavior over the past year or two has been concerning. Increasingly ing aggressive, uh, and then frankly, uh, increasingly surprising uh, in terms of uh, efforts to be a good neighbor, and that disappoints me. So, Kent, why does Lehigh want to cut into the hillside? Yeah, so that is the million-dollar question at this point. Lehigh is not talking, and so that means that uh, Supervisor Smithian is uh, speculating. He thinks that Lehigh is trying to secure these permits uh, so that they can uh, increase the value of the property so that mm -hmm. whoever buys it, they'll get a better price when they do sell the property. Hmm. Have to wait to see what they say. All right, Kit, thank you. Yo, they want to chop the top of the mountain off. No. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. You just don't uh, know. And, and Super Joe is, is there... Because he wants for Congress one day, so he needs to make sure that he's rapping for the peeps. Um, yeah, this has been ongoing pretty much my whole bloody life. I remember growing up here and being able to see that quarry with the lights on that quarry look like an like a ancient Arabic teapot or some Arabian teapot or something like that, right? Like a uh, or a lamp um, up on the hillside. I'm like, what the hell is that? That's the quarry. Um, what's a quarry? Um, so this will probably rage on long after we're both dead. But for now. Um, I don't think that they're going to be chopping the tops off of hills anytime soon, but be on the lookout. Reinforcements at the ready. The, yes, sir, the, Captain Simidian. The idea that like everybody's like, oh, I don't know why they want to do it. Well, th they want whatever the fuck is in the hill. Yeah. They want to sell whatever the fuck Value. is in the hill. Right. Even if they, and even if they don't particularly want to quarrel uh, that... <laughs> 
sorry, I don't know the verb, if they don't want to mine for that shit themselves, they want to have the permits to be able for the next person who they sell the quarry to, right, to be able to do that because it ups the value that they can sell it for, right? You have the potential to get this much more, to core this much more. So core more. Quarmore. Quarmore, Quarmore here on, that's the name of the show, Quarmore. That's Try to remember that. Try to remember yeah, that. Quar- DM me tomorrow with Quarmore. I'll DM you right after. I'll DM you right fucking now. But if you um, DM me right now, I will fucking look at it and then forget about it. Try to remember to DM me that's tomorrow. True. <laughs> that's true. I should be present. I should be present because we have another thing to cover on this show still. Um, we do have another thing to cover. So that's the end of like the, the regular news docket or whatever, but we always put something at the end and another thing. It's been, you know what, I'm not even going to, it's, this one's like a, actually a feel good story. It seems like it is. So. It is really a winner. Um, since we do normally don't have winners and winners and losers, this is a winner. So, but we, you can just run it. So it looks like there was an editor of a, a newspaper in the San Quentin prison. Um, Correct. Internal, probably newspaper form by the inmates, I'm assuming. Correct. And, and, uh, and uh, looks like he's going to get out. And much like the firefighters who learned to fight fires in prison, I don't think any, uh, I think he's going to have a hard time finding a job at his industry because people are dicks. Yeah, but I also had, I had a very Shawshank Redemption kind of moment when I was watching this, just FYI, but um, hopefully he's okay. I like tasks, I like deadlines. A journalist's life, breaking news, deadlines. To beat that deadline, you know, is rewarding. If Richard Bonnaroo Richardson ever felt a little stuck in his job, it's because he was. I was in prison for 23 years. Richardson's beat life behind the concrete and razor wire of San Quentin Prison. For the inmate-run San Quentin News. It's an informational tool for individuals who are incarcerated. As an inmate, Richardson climbed his way from the print room to a reporter's desk to become the paper's executive editor. Because everybody has a story to tell. The San Quentin newspaper started up in 2008 after a long dormancy, covering everything from prison happenings to new programs to issues with the state's prison system. And we're going to present them with the facts, and we're going to present them with the truth. Behind bars, pursuit of the truth checks a couple boxes. Besides keeping inmates informed, Richardson says the pages are meant to lift them up. By these people telling those stories, we can keep other people from making those terrible decisions. I think for some of us, he was like a mentor. You know, he became like a brother to me. For former San Quentin News Editor-in-Chief Jesse Vasquez, Richardson and the newspaper helped inspire his path out of prison. But after I saw it, I I wanted something better for me because I saw something better, right? It was very important for those individuals who wanted to change their lives. But in March of 2020, a change of life came as the pandemic found its way behind the walls of San Quentin. Out of the whole 23 years that I was in prison, that was the scariest moment of my life. It was heartbreaking to hear that so-and-so had died and then to actually contract the virus. 28 inmates and one officer died of COVID. The paper suspended production for a time, then restarted with an unflinching look at the state's response to the virus. We never had a problem printing a story that the administration didn't agree with. Then just a month ago, Richardson lost his job at the San Quentin News, but for all the best reasons. (laughs) After serving 23 years for armed robbery, he walked out of the prison gates a free man. There's nothing that I can possibly think of in existence that can explain the definition of freedom. As he begins to savor that freedom, Richardson hung a blank whiteboard above his computer. For me, this is like a new start. Only now, the deadline is his own. I get to now write my own story instead of somebody writing a story for me. Joe Rosado Jr. 
NBC Bay Area News. Yo, that's great. Go. Isn't that? I mean, Love yeah, that. that's not great that he was in prison all that time, but man, for sure. one of these news organizations needs to pick these, this guy up. This guy would fucking oh. look, yo. Just the perspective alone, right? I'd probably remember him as a columnist, even not as a, just a straight reporter even, but um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he looks like he got what it takes. He's, he's ready to rock. He'll do, and he'll, you know, he'll do good work for you. As he yo, appreciates. Yo, man, if you're, appreciate it. if you're out there, we don't got nothing to offer you, but uh, if you want to write a couple columns for Echoplex Media, we'd be happy to put it on our website. But also Absolutely. somebody with some fucking money should uh, hook this guy up and get this guy writing for them. There you go. There you go. I like that idea. I'd well, also like um, be interested to see like what that uh, internal prison newspapers coverage of the response to COVID was. There's probably some great shit that this guy well, either wrote or like oversaw the people who were writing, you know? Yeah. Good on, well, good on, apparently, according to him, you know, the prison administration for letting them, you know, take the state to task. Right. Uh, Cause it was really poorly handled. Uh, my brother, as you, as I've mentioned before, is in the state prison system and he contracted COVID. Uh, it was a freaking mess at his institution. Like they, they transferred in people from another spot, some from San Quentin. Um, and there was an outbreak. It was completely just mismanaged. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad they were shining a lot of it, and, and good on the administration at San Quentin for letting them publish it and, and talk about it, because um, they could easily just squash that. They could easily not have a newspaper um, for the inmates. So that's great that they do that in the first place. Um, at the end of the day, they need you need some skills getting out anyway, regardless if someone some asshole is going to give you a job. But um, it's good that he's got the potential, and it can keep like inmates kind of informed as to what's going on, maybe with yeah. former prisoners and like what you know. Yeah, there's there's probably all kinds of stuff like that in there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take a yeah. read through it on Monday because Monday is like my lightest day. So maybe I'll take a read through the same thing times. There you go. Yeah, hopefully it's open. You can you, uh, it's public. Website. Oh, I'm sure no. it is. Yeah, not like a member based or password based. I mean, if they want two dollars, I'll give them two dollars. Yeah, five dollars, sure. I'll give them five dollars. Sure. Hell, I, I give wait a minute. A no, I'm, no, fuck that. I'm not giving them that money. Doesn't go to the inmates. Like I would want to know who the money goes to because those people are in prison. They're not going. They don't have a Patreon. That's like, true. That's true. <laughs> like, yo. That's true. But anyway, that's been Down Ballot. Thanks for joining me. Um, be, be glad that you're not joining me for the next thing, because somebody uh, clandestinely recorded uh, Brett Weinstein, Eric Weinstein, and a uh, bunch of bit Bitcoin bros complaining uh, about Brett getting kicked off or getting uh, suspended temporarily from YouTube. It's three hours yourself. long, and we're going to fucking listen to it. Um, I love you. If you're listening to this Down Ballot podcast, and for some reason you want to hear that, you can go on patreon.com slash ecoplex sign up to five dollar level you can grab all the audio uh if you know how twitch works we leave the uh re we leave the replays up for f uh, 14 days so if you know how twitch works you can get around that also you can just email me if you want the mp3 i'm like legitimately not going to tell you that you can't have an mp3 file because you won't give me five dollars that's right. like how a monster behaves right. so that's 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 what happens on youtube when we accidentally post two notes of a song that we have rights to play <laughs> Well, that we have the rights to play. I've given up on ever making any fucking money on YouTube, so that doesn't matter. Right. It's all good. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you as always for running the dials, um, producer Dave, and enjoy your enjoy the after party. Enjoy your weekend. Start trying to stay cool. Yeah, and I get cool off tomorrow. I got to get you on Sunday. Uh, maybe next time we all do it in the studio, you'll be one of the people. Uh, ready. Okay. Catterday tomorrow too, if you're free. Uh, DM me on Discord when you DM me the the, the name of the show if you're free tomorrow for Catterday. I'm not Meow. sure if we're doing it in studio or uh, remotely, but yeah, DM me if you're not doing anything tomorrow night. Meow. Anyway, this right. is Boomers by Periscope. Thanks everybody for listening to Down Ballot. Uh, live listeners, hang out. We'll be. I'll be right back.